technology is already included into many of the platforms that students use on a regular basis, including social media translation tools, chat uh, chatbots, Google search, Microsoft translation, transcripts, um, autocorrect, uh, just as it was foolish to forbid students from using Google for study a few years ago. It is a foolish uh, to ignore um, you know, or pro- prohibit uh, some of these apps or you know, um, the intelligence that have been implemented uh, to make sure that you know, you're, you're, you're learning or you're searching for whatever you're searching for in terms of information just becomes a little bit easier. Joining us online, I've got Angela uh, Shearer, Digital Transformation Manager at Curo Holdings, uh, joining us for this particular conversation. Good evening and welcome to The Viewpoint. Good evening, Bertha, and great to be with you. Thank you for having me. So what has been the impact of AI on primary education? Well, I think we can probably all agree that AI is here to stay. I think it's ubiquitous. It's all around us in sort of, you know, the television or streaming that we watch and all of our our tool checkers when we're writing. So it's really not going anywhere. So from a Kuro perspective, we believe that it's really important to empower our learners with the skills that they're going to need to thrive and actually be able to leverage technologies such as AI, as well as other technology. Um, I think AI is going to transform the world over the next few years. And we feel it's incumbent on us to actually help our learners uh, to be able to use it responsibly and to be successful using AI. Mm. And in your opinion, are the tools like, you know, chat GPT good or bad for education? So overall, I think there's definitely benefit. I think as with any piece of technology, you know, we've always got to sort of manage the risks um, and and view those very carefully, but also figure out how we can sort of harness uh, all of the opportunities that are available to us with the technology. Um, I think a really good example for AI in particular is that a teacher just can't be present 24-7. A teacher needs rest. Um, But AI is there all the time. So if a student is working uh, in the evenings and they get stuck, they haven't understood something in class, they can ask ChatGPT or other AI tools, ask clarifying questions. And the nature of ChatGPT, which is like a generative AI, so it responds like a human, it can actually break down that concept and explain in a different way maybe to what the teacher did. Uh, or break that concept down. So it really can help students to, with their learning, to understand complex problems more simply or in different ways. So I think that absolutely there are opportunities as long as we also manage the, you know, any sort of risks that are associated. You know, it's it's very interesting times because I remember I was writing a paper uh, some couple of years ago, I think it was 2016, and uh, my my professor used to always tell us that please do not use Wikipedia, please do not Google for, to, ver- to verify your research because, you know, the information that's, that's loaded sometimes is not verified and is not legit. Um, now, in this instance, now that we are gravitating towards this particular era where, uh, you know, that's the route to take, are we not going to be faced with that challenge where sometimes um, information loaded is not as as verified as we think it is? 
So I think the example you give is is exactly true as it would be for sort of Google search um, as it is with AI. I think it's absolutely critical that we as both parents and teachers uh, make sure that our children understand the values of using these tools, but also the ethics of using the tools. So if you take information from anywhere, we need to be we need to critically review that information understand where the source is from, even if we got it through a platform like a chat GPT, where was the original source and verify that that information is in, in fact correct, just as we would with a Google search. So I think the same is, is true. Mm. Can, you, can you give us you know, any examples of how AI has already been used in local education context? Yes, so um, at Kuru, a lot of our teachers are already using it um, for fairly basic things like uh, researching their lessons, uh, helping, you know, AI can provide some scaffolding in terms of actually designing a lesson plan uh, and maybe some assessments. Uh, so just for the basic sort of lesson planning, but then more sophisticated activities like being able to insert uh, all of the data around an assessment and asking uh, AI to actually review this information and find trends where maybe the students are struggling, where they're really doing well. And that can help a lesson teacher to to design a more tailored lesson going forward using the AI information or the information generated by AI uh, to give feedback. So we're seeing a lot of that. I think what teachers do need to be careful of is how they design their lessons. So for example, if they ask the learners to write an essay, um, it is a risk that the learners might use something like chat GPT or, you know, any of those tools, Bing Chat. But if they also, as part of the activity, require the learners to present that essay or debate the essay or maybe create a video alongside, then they know that the learners are actually having to process that information that they've got and that they're actually understanding, you know, what it is that they're needing to learn. So I think, you know, teachers have just got to be really thoughtful about the design of their lessons to overcome some of the risks. Yeah. What then happens to cheating and plagiarism? Ah, yes. The number one concern, I think, with all of these things. So, um, you know, again, there are a few ways to, to go about managing this. So there are plagiarism checkers out there. There are a number, number of tools that can de- detect whether text has actually been generated by AI. So that's one way of doing it. Um, but I think equally important is, as I mentioned earlier, to be having the conversations with the learners around values and ethics. So to teach them the morals of using AI. If you, if you, were, if you present your work as your own and it was created by AI, um, what will the repercussions of that be? Um, and then I think, like I said just now, being really planning lessons or assessments carefully so that AI can maybe be part of that process, but the learners still need to be able to process that information, present that information, having thought through it critically. So I think we've got to sort of address it through a number of different techniques and, and, and ways. I suppose, you know, if you're an IT geek, this is an opportunity to come up with an app that just checks plagiarism. Because, you know, sometimes when you copy and paste, <laughs> you really end up becoming a little bit cleverer to say, OK, fine, if I copy yeah. and paste this word, that, that's my keyword that I need in my paper or in whatever I'm trying to, 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 to create. Um, there should be some app of sorts that can be, you know, sort of like be used to say, ah, ah. This 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 particular phrasing was taken from somewhere. Um, exactly. <laughs> and then coming to the value of the teacher, then are we 
are we not moving towards uh, the route of eliminating the teacher completely over a period of time? Are teachers going to be now extinct? I think, you know, through sort of technology evolving over many years, teachers have regularly felt like maybe they're, you know, they're going to be replaced by various forms of technology. And I think over and over again, uh, we see how vital teachers are to the learning process. And I think, you know, COVID was a good example. Uh, AI and technology um, are not able to empathize with learners there. It's difficult for a technology to actually inspire a learner like a teacher can. They can't offer social and emotional support like a teacher can. Um, And I think that that is such a critical part of the learning process. So I think if we can learn how to actually leverage it and make teachers' lives easier, take away some of the administration, the mundane tasks, then teachers will actually better be able to focus on their art of teaching and be the best teacher that they can be. Yeah. And um, how, how can we, you know, how can um, artificial intelligence complement teachers and learners, you know, alike? So I think it's, you know, it's, it, it's really, for me, the most critical part of uh, the, or the critical opportunity with AI and in particular generative AI. So in other words, AI that can respond to people like a human would, like we're having a conversation, is that personalized learning opportunity, almost being a personal tutor uh, for learners. So every teacher, I think in any classroom around the world, strives to be able to personalize learning for their, for their students. And it's such a difficult thing to do in big classes. But if we use the AI, we're able to offer that. Uh, If we teach our learners to be able to use AI to help them, like I was saying earlier, uh, to sort of solve complex problems or to really break down a problem and help them to understand it better when a teacher isn't always available, um, that really is, I think, one of the key opportunities that we've got for AI. And that's what we can be focusing on. Um, I've got a question here um, that's um, that has just come in, and uh, they're asking: Can turn it in also pick up something done using AI? Yeah, so turn it in, and in fact, there's another one called Chat Zero. Um, they're all getting better and better at uh, um, being able to see if AI, if the text has been AI generated. But like you mentioned earlier, you know, if you put the right prompt in, you can sort of write, you know, generate an essay like it hasn't been generated by AI. We've got to keep managing, you know, using those tools, the plagiarism checkers, um, but I think also working on the behavior and, and morals with our learners. So, yes, it can, but I think we still need to be sort of wary and, and manage it. Talking to Angela Shearer, Digital Transformation Manager at uh, Akuro Holdings. And we're talking about uh, AI, of course, artificial intelligence, which is something, it is the big buzz at the moment and we cannot run away from it. Maybe you would also like to ask questions or you would like to share or maybe it's been implemented in uh, the school that you're working in and it's working perfectly. It will be interesting to hear. 0614104107, you can uh, send us a voice note or you can call us 0 Eight six triple zero two zero three two, or maybe you just feel a little bit uneasy about it. Let us know what it is that makes you uneasy. Let's take a small break. We'll be back. At Bertha Charuma One on Twitter. 
It is The Viewpoint, and I'm speaking to Angela Shira, Digital Transformation Manager at Kuro Holdings. And we're talking about artificial intelligence and primary education in South Africa. And just, you know, alleviate some, alleviating some, you know, some fears that teachers feel as though, you know, their jobs could be on the line. But I suppose that they mustn't be worried. Uh, but also uh, trying to tap into your minds, your views, your opinions, what you think about it. Um, how are you embracing it? I remember when computers were introduced on the market. Boy, oh boy. Did we not panic or did we not panic? And right now, if you do not have some form of a computer somewhere at home, at work, it's like, what is wrong with you? Little did we know, come 2023, I mean, it's it's the gadget to have. So it will be interesting to know. But welcome back, Angela. Thank you. So let's take a look at some of the challenges, limitations around the use of AI in local education. So I think, you know, you, with, when ChatGPT was first released, it had a vast set of data, but it wasn't actually able to draw on sort of live information. So in other words, when we do a Google search, it's immediately drawing on sort of up-to-date sites and all sorts of things. So just ChatGPT uh, had a sort of limited amount of information. And so when it was creating a response, um, it meant that it, there was a limit to the data that it had access to. So I think we've got to be very, you know, in particular for subjects like history, there may not be um, every single perspective that is included in the data set. So we've got to be very aware of, you know, potential biases if not all of the information is available. So I think those are sort of some of the examples that we should just be, you know, cognizant of. Yeah. And I, I just hope, you know, um, people don't get a little bit uptight about it because there's also we've been experiencing maybe this is a question i should be asking you um since it is you know it's something that needs to be that's going to be implemented or it's being implemented um in a primary education where you find a lot of children for some bizarre reason they are being you know they they're quite they, they're slightly autistic and autism comes in different in different levels or percentages Mm. And you find, like, I'll give you an example of a 10-year-old that is so technically with it. You give, mm. her a, you give her a gadget, this child can do amazing things. But when you now take the very same child to traditional way of learning where the teacher is in front of the class, it's chalk and board, it, it just becomes a little bit of a challenge. So I think you're actually describing, you know, yet another opportunity with, uh, with AI, um, particularly for neurodivergent children. And exactly as you say, sometimes they don't um, excel in a traditional classroom. They may learn better in different types of environment or through different medium. and I think mediums. And I think that's where AI is really an opportunity to actually make these things available to children that are neurodiverse, have different learning barriers, um, and really leverage them to support those needs. Mm. So, but if we take this route, um, our children are definitely going to need some form of gadgets. Do you think our country um, has the capacity to provide, you know, notebooks, computers? Yeah, it's a tricky thing to get right. Um, you know, I think for technology to really be effective, 
you've got to have all the pieces of the puzzle uh, all sort of made up into the into the picture in one go, and it's it's not easy to get that right. We've got to have access to the internet. We've got to have the learners with devices, teachers with devices. Uh, we need to have the teachers trained to use it. We need to have relevant content, uh, and we need to have the technical support if something goes wrong. Um, so, you know, I think for schools to use it, it's absolutely, if we can get it right, there's massive opportunity and massive potential. Um, we can put the technology in the hands of the learners, and I think we've got many learners that can drive their own learning. Um, some might need some sort of scaffolding and, and guidance on that journey. So I think if we can get it right, then we've got huge opportunity to change the way and transform the way that we can, that we educate our children in South Africa. I, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking right now as I'm speaking to you, I'm thinking of the Oxford Dictionary, the hard copy. Already it looks like it's going to become <laughs> extinct. Yeah. I still have one, one in my bookcase. <laughs> There's still some things I like in hard copy. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like the encyclopedias that we used to buy in volumes and volumes. Right now it's like, okay, no, uh-uh, it's all right. We're good with our yeah. laptops. And I think this is exactly the challenges you've mentioned before. We knew that with, you know, in the World Book or Encyclopedia Britannica, it was well-researched and we could trust it. Um, but that was really, when we were growing up, that was our only source of information. Now we've got this wealth of information, um, and that's why it's so critical that we sort of teach our children to be sort of critical uh, readers, critical thinkers, so they can really assess is what they're reading valuable, is it true, um, is it safe, all of those things. I think that's where the, the challenge is and how we're going to mitigate that. For me, I don't know. I, I get a little bit worried, even just because lately you get news that is so false. And, mm. and and no one takes responsibility to say, I've shared information that is not correct. And anyone can act on that information only to find that you've acted on wrong information. Absolutely. And I think, you know, this is one of the risks in uh, with AI generally sort of, and this is a global issue, is, you know, we, we're seeing how AI is being used to create you know, really convincing fake videos um, that look believable. They can make a video look like it's an actual real person saying something, but they didn't say it. Um, images, news stories, uh, all sorts of things. So, you know, I think, again, it comes back to teaching our children all about uh, digital literacy and, and sort of critical thinking. So that, you know, this, this needs to be part of the curriculum, the syllabus, um, with any information that we access, whether it's on social media, through AI, on websites, to really deeply kind of review that information and assess, is it actually valuable? Is it true? Mm. I think let's take, um, I've got a voice note. Let's go to a voice note. Let's hear what's out there. When technology is introduced, certain number of jobs will be threatened, but sometimes it creates a different type of jobs. In the old road, road work songs, you can see the road, the railway and the roads were done by hands. Now we've got a big machine, you've got graders and everywhere. In the olden days, agricultural, people used to water in the farms. Now you've got the sprinkler, you've got the heavy machine, you've got the water piping system mechanized. The same thing, the car these days are all mostly computerized. People just remove, you know, in the penal beaters you used to penal beat 
the zinc itself of a car. Today we just cut it off and replace. So when computers were introduced, typists lost their job. You used to have typing pool in their works. Now things have changed. So everything changes. Something is created, but more majority lose jobs. Absolutely true. Uh, I've also got Zig from Randberg. Zig, good evening. Welcome to the show. Uh, good evening, Bertha. My concern is that uh, information is, is vital. It's, a, it's the essence of free and fair competition, which uh, communism denies its people because they want to uh, 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 brainwash their people with nonsense. Uh, we need free and fair competition based on information. And, and that is democracy, what's all, what democracy is all about. But it's being withheld. Uh, uh, our, our ANC government has, has overpriced, massively overpriced uh, data or data, uh, which makes it inaccessible to the vast majority of our impoverished uh, nation of, of unemployed people who should have access. And why don't we have community centers that do provide access? And that is one issue. The other one is that uh, 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 all of the newspapers and publications in the world have paywalls that prevent information from reaching uh, the people who can't afford it. And even the universities uh, 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 prevent people from getting the information which which is vital to uh, to let people progress and learn. And why can't we? Teach our uh, or self-teach ourselves to get our matriculation certificate. Why doesn't our our uh, uh, Angie Mochecha and 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 Bladen uh, uh, Monday? Why don't they uh, give us uh, this the uh, syllabi and the textbooks on on uh, the internet? Why don't they? Hey. That, that's a very good point, Zig. Thank you so much for that input. That is so important. The data, it is, it, you know, it, I know it has become a little bit cheaper lately, but not cheap enough. Uh, how then are we going to, to, to execute this? How are we going to really uh, fully roll out um, AI? Yeah, and I think it, you know, it is something that's been a challenge. But I think over the over the sort of last decade, the cost of data has come down, you know, exponentially. So I think that, you know, that that problem is slowly starting to ease. Um, And I think we do, you know, there's really is potential for technology AI to transform education. We are already seeing a lot of free courses. Um, The the Department of Basic Education provide a lot of their content um, across various sites. They partner with uh, connectivity service providers and many others. Uh, curriculum service providers to make that content available. So I think more and more that is, you know, exactly the direction uh, that our country is heading in. Um, And we just need to all keep working at it. Mm. Let's take one more last uh, voice note and then we can close our conversation. Let's hear what's out there. Uh, Greetings, Peter, and and to your guest there. That's quite an interesting topic. Uh, My take about these AI platforms, uh, definitely there are pros and cons to it. And, and, and we can't get rid of it because we are in an era of artificial intelligence. I think we just need to find a way to work around it. Uh, just an, an ethical way of working around AIs. 
especially in institutions of higher learning, because uh, I can tell you now that in as much as there's Turnitin and, and, and other platforms which are able to detect AI-generated content, there are also other platforms that are able to humanize AI-generated content. So it, 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 there, there just needs to be uh, policies in place which will guide us as students uh, in terms of the use of uh, AI platforms. Uh, because we 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 gonna be if 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 there's no policy in place, uh, those there are no ethical considerations in place. Universities will produce robots. <laughs> People will be given degrees, uh, and 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 they'll be conferred with degrees only to find that it it's chat GPT. <laughs> yeah, that's my take. Lindo Musangale in case and thanks. Lindo, you're so right. You know, I've been working in this industry for a while. So when I started, we used to have what we used to call reel to reel. And it was this little plastic little tape that we used to reel. And then you record. And then when you edit, you they, we used to call a splicing. Never in my whole entire life did I ever anticipate that I'll just have a microphone and then I'll have, you know, <laughs> I'll have a computer in front of me that actually literally controls me. And then, you know, where my producer can can say stuff to me from the other side without any disturbance. It's just, just so mind blowing. But hey, I suppose we've just got to roll with it. Yeah, Bertha, and I think, you know, you probably can't imagine going back to what you used to do without oh, no. all of those things now. So I think we, we do, don't we? We roll with it. We kind of learn every day a little bit. We learn, you know, we learn by making mistakes. Um, we do better the next day. So I think, you know, all of us, we've got to educate ourselves on these things. Um, we've got to work with our children. Teachers will recognize, you know, teachers also know they learn as well. They know if you know, they can see if a child in their class has not written something. They know they're learners. Teachers are, are passionate individuals and they care about uh, children. So I think exactly like that uh, last gentleman said, it's important to have policies. It's important to have sort of guidelines in place um, so that we can sort of harness the value but manage inappropriate use and risks. That is so true. Well, I suppose we have to leave it at this point. Angela, thank you so much for joining us on The Viewpoint. And um, hopefully in the near future, our conversation will be slightly different. Who knows? We could just be speaking whatever we speak with, no gadget at all. And for some funny reason, it you know it, 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 it just transforms into information of sorts. I, th- I think that's where it's going. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Peter. Bye for now. That's Angela Shearer, Digital Transformation Manager at Kuro Holdings and talking about artificial intelligence and primary education in South Africa.